Hello and welcome to Cool Time Life. People, productivity and tech. I'm your host, Steve Prentice. Here's what you need to know about this podcast series. Each of our Cool Time Life podcasts is 10 minutes or so in length. Each one focuses on a topic dealing with people, productivity or technology, and each contains short units, offering ideas and facts you probably need to know about to thrive in today's busy world. Have you ever heard of the slow movement? Probably not. In an age of 24-7 business, overloaded schedules, wireless access, and a ceaseless need to stay in the loop, there isn't much tolerance amongst working people for a Huckleberry Finn approach to managing the day. You know, lazy afternoons, long lunches, watching the sun drift across the sky. We all might wish we could take this approach, but very few of us have had a realistic expectation ever of getting there anytime soon. There's just too much to do, and it all needs to get done now. Everywhere you turn, you hear people talking about their ever-increasing task load, that the workday has extended to 12 or 18 hours or more, and that email and wireless devices are addictive, and that people are using them, or feeling pressured into using them, well into the hours it used to be reserved for personal life. This is the new norm. But in spite of this, there are others who still profess the value of going more slowly, even if their voices more often than not get drowned out. They say that they're part of a slow movement. They represent a collection of organizations and individuals that together advocate working slower, speaking slower, eating slower, and basically living slower. There are cities in Japan and Italy and elsewhere that have tried to make this slow movement an official lifestyle, even mandating traffic patterns, store opening hours, and business practices like meeting-free Fridays to fit with this philosophy. And thanks to the internet, these advocates have all joined together to become a new global presence. So is this for real? Is this slow approach tenable? Can it work for you and your business with your customers and your boss in a way that will make things better? I mean, sure, the Italian countryside certainly seems like a good place to encourage a slow movement. I mean, workers have come and gone across its fields for thousands of years. There's probably a greater readiness to accept a shifting of gears since, after all, Old world Europeans have been there and done that in so many different ways that their collective sense of time and life and related values is by now much more mature and pragmatic than we might have in newer countries. But how realistic is it to expect a slow movement to catch on in those areas of the world where a high-speed work ethic still reigns supreme? It goes against instinct. It goes against the very forces that have propelled human beings to adapt and advance. The desire to further yourself, to protect yourself and your family from harm, and to identify opportunities to improve living conditions, these are strong, basic urges. And although, ultimately, most people work really hard so that one day they don't have to do so much, the idea of slowing down to get there just doesn't seem to make sense. I am a type A personality. I'm an alpha type personality. I crave constant input and stimulation, and I cannot stand wasting even a minute of time that could be put to good use. So according to the experts, I'm totally the wrong type of person to adopt the principles of the slow movement, yet it still works for me. My belief is that slow is not only wise, it is essential. As the pace of life speeds up, the skills that we need to attract and build business and to maintain a superior level of productivity are getting buried under a false momentum that plays on some very deep-seated fears inside the human mind. Furthermore, there are laws of physics that demonstrate that working faster does not get you there faster. But in large part, the digital age has forced us to work faster and live faster, and in so doing, we have started to lose sight of the maxim, more haste, less speed. Now, it's important to make the point here that not everything 
that is quick is bad. Responding quickly to a client's call might win you business. Solving a customer's problem quickly might generate greater loyalty. Getting out of the way of a falling piano is much healthier than just standing still. Quickness is vital to competitiveness and to survival. But quickness and quality cannot be fully achieved if everything else about your work and your mental state is hurried to the point of confusion or exhaustion. That's the difference. Take the cheetah, for example. The cheetah is the fastest animal on earth. The cheetah knows so much about being fast primarily because she also knows about going slow. She knows she cannot run 70 miles an hour all day and is still expect to make a catch. She knows her own strengths and weaknesses as well as those of her quarry and thus is better empowered to strike fast at the right time in the right measure. So ultimately, this is what I'm getting at. You can get further faster by incorporating slow into your life's strategy. So let's put speed into perspective. Why are we racing? A colleague of mine is the CEO of a media and design firm, and he has also been racing Porsches professionally since the age of 18. Nevertheless, he gives advice that seems contrary to the racer's image. He says, if you want to win, you have to know how to slow down as much as how to speed up. How you enter and exit a corner will have enormous impact on your performance on the straightaway. He says, you have to be thinking two cars ahead, not what the guy in front of you is doing, but the person in front of him. The same goes for anyone driving on any highway. You have to be thinking two cars ahead, not what the person in front of you is doing, but the person in front of that person. The same goes for anyone driving on any highway. You can't do that if your mind is not together and cool. Now mentally, at least, we're all driving race cars from the moment the alarm goes off in the morning until we get back to bed 13 or 16 or maybe even 20 hours later. But unlike professional racers, it seems like a lot of us succumb to the pressure to drive in the fast lane all the time. We feel a palpable need to extend our accessibility and responsibility well beyond reasonable limits. Many people today check their messages from their bedside before their eyes have even properly focused. Many also check in as they retire to their beds at night, and if they could swing it, I'm sure they would even arrange to have their email forwarded to their dreams. As the world becomes more and more connected, we all feel a renewed pressure to outperform and to differentiate ourselves in the competition, to do more and to do it faster, and usually with fewer resources than ever before. Like a giant poker game, the fear of not achieving these goals drives us forward, fueled by a constant lurking threat that there is someone out there a manager, a shareholder, a client, an auditor, or a competitor, a person who can pull your job, your business, your identity, and your connection to the human race across the table and out of the game. But the main point is this. No one can hope to secure a place in either the present or the future simply by staying on the hamster wheel, working as hard and as fast as you can 18 hours a day. Such behavior sits on the path of personal extinction. Now, all living species, including humans, have had to continually adapt to their changing environments. Major changes used to take thousands of years over many generations, and now, as we're seeing, substantial change happens in mere months, whether we are capable of handling it or not. I believe the next major evolutionary step for people who live and work in developed economies is to learn to counter some of the ancient instincts that have made speed so influential in their actions. We need to cool down and use slow as the next tool of strategic advantage. A cool mind and body provides fertile ground for creativity, providing the opportunity to deliver better solutions and circumstances, no matter what line of work we happen to be in. 
As newer and hungrier economies outpace us with cheaper, faster, hard goods and cheaper, immediately accessible outsourced services, the act of cooling down will help us thrive by making sure we are ready to listen actively, think clearly, work effectively and exist proactively, keeping health and balance side by side with competitiveness and innovation. This is the recipe for our future. For as the pace of life continues to increase and as jobs change and as markets shift, we will still be able to react quickly by being mentally prepared. Quite simply, more can be done in the cool shade of clear thinking than under the hot sun of exertion and reactionism. More on this topic of the slow movement will be available in future podcasts interwoven with some of our other topics. So if you have a comment about the show or a question or you would like something answered in a future episode, please let me know. You can drop me a line through the contact form on the webpage, steveprentice.com. That's S-T-E-V-E-P-R-E-N-T-I-C-E. And you can follow me on Twitter at Stephen Prentice, S-T-E-V-E-N-P-R-E-N-T-I-C-E. And if you like what you hear, please consider subscribing and leave a review. The theme music for Cool Time Life was obtained through podcastthemes.com. Until next time, I'm Steve Prentice. Thanks for listening.